That's it. We're live. We're back with Survivor Worldwide coverage on Survivor South Africa Immunity Island episode four. And we've got a great guest with us here today, a former Survivor New Zealand alum, Dylan Heta. Dylan, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for the um, Survivor NZ shout out. Rest in peace. Like, always <laughs> in our hearts. <laughs> Uh, we'll 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 continue to you know put it out there that Survivor NZ is something that we'd love to see again. And I've got my own theories. Maybe me and you, Dylan, we'll do a different podcast one day on why Survivor New Zealand worked or why it didn't work, what they could do differently in the future. I'd be super open to something like that just to have like a brainstorm and put it out there because I'm still in Auckland at the moment. You know, I still would love for it to come back so that you know I can have a chance to apply for the show. <laughs> it'd be it'd be nice for it to come back. I mean, everyone in South Africa is now talking about all styles, and I'm like, wow, it'd be really great. If we could talk about all stars, but so one can dream. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of hype around um, doing a potential international crossover. This specific Survivor South Africa season is now showing in Australia um, on Channel Ten or Ten Play at least, and a lot of the Australian Survivor mm. shows are now starting starting to show in on Mnet over in Survivor South Africa. Or South Africa. So there's a lot of crossover talk. So you know, it, how great would it be to have like an international themed season with New Zealand All Stars, uh, Australian All Stars? And potentially South African all stars all together under one brand. I don't know if the US would want to do it because they'll probably think they're yeah. above it. But right, I think right. that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> It'd be great. It'd be great. I think, you know, like a, an Africa a South Africa and an Australia thing could happen. It'd be nice to get an invite to the table if, uh, as we're from New Zealand, but you know, we're from a discontinued franchise, so maybe not. Yeah, well expectations been... are here, but like, you know, who knows? <laughs> like, a hundred percent. And and you've been super active on Twitter following the season, um, really getting involved in the in the in the online conversation about Survivor South Africa. So that's why I reached out to you because I noticed that you were tweeting at a lot of the players at the moment. What have you been thinking of the season so far? How how do you think that Survivor South Africa is doing with this immunity island twist and theme as a whole? Ooh, I you know, I think uh, South Africa Survivor really like it just never misses. It's always like the last three seasons or the last two seasons, I should say, and then this season now. It's just like being very consistent. Casting has been really consistent. The twists have been, you know, like uh, unique enough, but not completely game changing, which I enjoy. You know, we're not talking about any kind of edge of extinction twist in this in this game, which is good. It's nice to see things that keep people on their toes, but don't, yeah, completely redefine how to play Survivor, um, which I think is super important because people go on expecting some type of game and they expect some kind of twist, but they don't expect anything that's completely out of the norm. So I like it. And I like this season. The cast, again, super strong, super strong female cast. I really love that. We've got, what, four episodes in and we've still got nine women. That's really awesome. Um, unheard of. We saw a women's alliance tonight, maybe, <laughs> forming, which is always exciting. Um, so who knows? I'm excited for where this season will go. It's already been really, really awesome so far. Four episodes in and it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've been sort of calling it out, I think, and quite a lot of it, and I see Riley giving a, a bit of a smile there. I've been saying, I think it's a female winner this season. I feel like the females are so strong. Um, you know, these these blondes came to play, you know, they're not yeah. ditzy blondes. <laughs> and um, yeah. I'm loving it at the moment. We're still trying to figure out which one is which, but, you know, like I think I know who Carla is now. <laughs> the others, I'm like, uh well, so, Car yeah. Carla's the one, she's the one with the biggest bite, you know, she's a little bit more snarky and out there where Amy, mm. I feel like is a bit more reserved and sort of plays within mm. herself a little bit. So it'll be interesting mm. to see which one of those two blondes would get the furthest in the game. Um, we had Amy for our previous episode, we actually had her um, as our player of the episode, even though she obviously in this episode, we see that 
the fact that she played the game and that sort of bitter in the butt comes back a little bit in this episode with the raid happening. But I felt like she did a lot of good things and drove the vote away from that minority three old Zuma in the previous vote, um, which ended up meaning that the majority Vuna lost someone. And obviously there were some fractions in the tribe already. So things that she could capitalize on, but I really felt like she played a good game. I feel like she's a very low key undercover, potentially underestimated player up until this point where obviously people are going to start noticing her a little bit in this episode. Yeah, she did She did a good job last week to go from a minority position to switch into some kind of majority. Like I've been in a similar position where I was in a majority that was very fractured and um, I didn't play it correctly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the people in the minority definitely played it correctly and saw, the, saw the, um, the fractures and then jumped on it and then switched around and did this and did that, which we saw this episode, which was really cool. So really fascinating dynamics. It's like nice to not just see something super linear with, you know, they're, they're sticking with a group of five and they're just going to go with it. Um, there was one person in particular, I think, that did a really, really great job and is setting themselves up for a really um, interesting next few episodes. Based on the next episode, I'm kind of worried about them, but who knows? Could all, yeah, be, a, could all be a red herring. <laughs> well, we we get into the episode here, and um, we see early on that uh, Chappies comes back from Tribal Council. Uh, Riley, they've just pulled off this great blind side here on Mike and um, they feel very comfortable Chappies and Paul that they're starting to run the game at this point and that's a theme that we're going to see sort of progress throughout the whole episode with Chappies and Paul feeling extremely comfortable um, in this new alliance that they've now formed or in their minds it's a new alliance. Um, how do you sort of feel about Paul and Chappies here in the early stages of the episode um, and specifically the communication between Warda and Chappies there in camp where Warda says to Chappies listen I was left out you could have at least told me about this and and she seems really burned by this whole situation it's always a bit of a double-edged sword though isn't it i mean try trying to create a blind side and also i mean you can't include everyone in a blind side it's always a, a little bit of a balance but chappie's here obviously he thinks he's got vuna on his side he knows he's got smash in his corner um and amy as well was instrumental in that blind side of mike in the last episode um so so he really feels like he's in a strong position here um but paul on the other hand he's you know, not, not playing the best social game around camp, obviously. Um, stepping on a couple of people's toes. And, and this is what we saw something um, earlier in the season with Pinty, obviously, stepping on a lot of people's toes there um, and, and being a little bit domineering in camp. On the other hand, Paul was being a little bit lazy and, and that's starting to rub people the wrong way. And what, what we're starting to see early on here is Amy is really starting to feel as though uh, she, she's not sure whether she wants to progress in the game with Paul because she sees him as someone that, you know, might, might be someone that isn't, uh, so someone she can work with down the track and someone that's a little bit lazy and starting to get a couple of hits against him, whereas it's increasing his target a little bit. So it might be someone for her to get out and obviously increase her standing in the game and potentially even bring in colour and water there, um, as you mentioned there earlier, Dylan, to create a potential girls' alliance. Mm. Yeah. Something to look out for. And, and we see here very early on in the episode that the whole thing with Amy having um, sort of gone and played. And, and, and one of the things I had a real issue with in the previous episode was the fact that she didn't know what she was risking by playing. I really hate the fact that they're like, oh, whoopsie, you know, um, it's a lucky package. You open it and there's a stink bomb in there, you know, and you're not going to end up um, being able to, or you're, if you lose, you end up uh, getting another tribe to come and raid you. I feel like if you knew that up front, you probably would have left 
left. And we haven't seen any of the players leave at this point yet. Everybody is choosing to rather take the immunity. But I really didn't like the fact that she didn't know it until she decided to play what the consequences was going to be. But she's now having to uh, backtrack here in this episode and go back to her tribe mates and come up with a lie. And her lie is that she found some sort of an, a clue that uh, the other tribe is going to be able to come over and raid our camp, which immediately puts everybody in uh, Zumba at high alert and they run around and they go start hiding different items on their beach dylan what did you think of this as someone that has played survivor before you know like when you've got items everything is stripped away from you that you would mm. normally have in your daily life like these comfort items like having like a machete is your life out there having a pillow i guess is like 10 times more valuable than a pillow in real life right <laughs> right yeah look i've been part of a raid so i know exactly how it can affect a person um, I was on the right side of the raid though, so we got a top from a raid, which was really awesome. Um, but I just, yeah, like it was very fascinating to watch. She, uh, this, this is why I like Survivor South Africa. They let the people keep the clues, and so they're like getting this information and passing it around, and everyone's got this mm. information. And so there are people who aren't aware of this, and they want to, you know, hide what's happening. Um, as you saw with Carla later in the episode, and it's just very funny to me that people are trying to lie around things that everyone knows is not the case and then obviously dino and anessu show up and they've got the clue and they're like yeah you lost <laughs> she's like no i didn't i won an advantage to know you were coming here it was the yeah it was an interesting lie um yeah to lie and say that you won the knowledge that they were coming to raid your camp was a choice <laughs> i thought that was a was an interesting choice of uh, how to phrase that one i think the only way you can get around that is by being completely upfront about it surely <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, for me, I, I was you know thinking the same thing like have you not learned that in survivors of africa nothing stays a secret like everything comes <laughs> yeah. out at all times and you're trying to play this off so not not the greatest i think she did well in her recovery afterwards where she owned up to it and apologized to it mm. and didn't make too much excuses after that i mean she was caught red-handed and we do see that this is going to affect the morale of other people in the tribe definitely like uh Santoni was quite upset by that Wada was quite upset by that but i think amy is in a lucky position where she's got two people in um, Anella and Sean who ha we haven't seen too much from him from a strategic standpoint I feel like in this new tribe but I don't think that they're going to turn their back on Amy moving forward. That that minority really needs to stick together. It's kind of like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Like if you move yeah. in a different direction, you're probably all going to fall. So um, I think that that plus the fact that both Chappies and Paul now thinks that they're in a new thing with that three, um, it kind of will protect her where if she was a different player that was on the outs, like a Carla or a Warda in that position, I think it could have been potentially detrimental in a game like Survivor where you're looking for any excuse to vote someone out. Yeah. This could have been that excuse to to get them to actually go and vote Amy out. But I found it really funny here, Riley, where, um, you know, Dino and, um, and uh, who was it? Dino and, 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 and Nessu go over to the tribe and they're like, no, no, you need to give us <laughs> anything that we want and they're trying to like <laughs> say no and bargain i guess yeah. technically by the rules if you went to hide it you're not preventing them from getting it directly you can say go find it it's a treasure search i'm not gonna physically stop you from getting it but you still have to find it so i guess that's still within the rules but there was a lot of controversy happening here a lot of animosity between groups here and i'm very interested riley what was what will the long-term effects of this be because obviously you see dino and anessa take this information back to their own camp and go and talk to their own camp about the dynamics there and anessa specifically realizes or notices that paul has suddenly grown in confidence he didn't have this confidence in that first tribe but he's kind of like almost leading the tribe at this point 
it really was a bit of a mad scramble there before Anesu and Dino came onto the screen. Um, obviously, you know, running around the beach, trying to hide all these different things so that they didn't have them. They, they lost the machete. They lost the pillows. They lost the tarp. They lost everything, apparently. I don't know where it all went, but, hey, <laughs> Dino and Anesu managed to find it in the end. And, and what I found hilarious as well was Sean and, um, and Paul trying to sell these dummy items to them and say, take this. That, that's going to be your best option. You're going to love it. Uh, just just so, so great to see from Sean and Paul. But um, to answer your question there, um, Chris, Anesu did go back to the tribe, obviously, and said, you know, they, they are fractured at the moment. Um, the Boona are in the minority. Chappies and Paul have flipped against Kala and Wada um, and obviously eliminated Mike there in the last episode. And uh, they, they actually see it as a bit of a, an opportunity to unite as the new Boona tribe. Um, Teresa says, you know, it, it's a chance for them to all come together and, you know, to, to have no animosity between them. Um, and obviously, we haven't seen them test themselves too much. Um, potentially, something we might see in the next episode with Teresa there going to Dino in the preview um, as, as to what happens with new alliances being created. But for Anesu, um, it, it's sort of a, a a good thing for those Boona minority members there because it shows that their former tribe is fractured. So it gives them an option to, you know, obviously ingratiate themselves within the Zamba tribe because ultimately their trust has been burned by chappies in eliminating one of their perceived allies on the other side so they they know that if they go back there in the next swap or or the merge obviously um that their trust isn't assured so it does give them uh, i suppose a little bit more trust within the former zomba members there to say hey we don't have a bridge to build back on the back on the other side let's play with you um so i, I think it's good for anasu kiran and tyson here that they're a little bit fractured and they know that Paul is starting to step on some toes on the other side. So it does give them an opportunity to say, hey, let's play together and, and let's create something. Yeah, and I just want to correct you there. Like, I love Teresa like anyone else, but you can't give credit for Teresa for sort of exploiting this opportunity here when Renita is the one who clearly was the one who was sort of driving it, especially from, a, I guess, from a narrative standpoint. When you look at the the um, the confessionals, Renita is the one who says that this is an opportunity for us now to pull these guys in. They're not going to want to go work on the other side. I guess Teresa did talk about it a little bit in camp to sort of reiterate what Renita is saying as well. But uh, I do agree with you that 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 minority old Vuna that is in the the new Vuna, I think that they still have a lot of legs in the show. I feel like the edit that we're getting from them is a good edit. Like, I don't feel like they're getting a negative edit in the mm. sense that they're going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, and we've seen enough between Teresa and Nicole and that existing alliance, I guess the minor majority alliance, uh, the old Zumba members, that there's going to be a fraction there. Whenever they go to tribal council, I'm sure that the, that the guns are going to be blazing at each other to take out either like a Nicole or a Teresa or something's going to happen there. And, and let's not forget Tyson's got that idol. So he's got a bit of room to maneuver on that side. I do want to backtrack for one second and just point out one thing I noticed. And I will admit, I, I noticed this in my second rewatch of the episode. I wasn't that great that I noticed it immediately um, when I was preparing to do the exit interview for Paul. And guys, I've already done that. That was a great exit interview and it will be available on Sunday on our channel as well. Um, I noticed that Anesu, on her way out, um, talks to Paul and says, tell Chappies that I'm still with him. And I still wonder why did we see Anesu and Chappies create an alliance early in the season on episode one and episode two? And why are they showing us that Anesu still wants to work with Chappies at this point? Um, because Chappies 
to me at the end of this episode is in a very, very bad spot. But I'm wondering, Dylan, do you think that there's a little bit more that we can see potentially happening there in a Dylan and Nessu and some of those old Vuna members pulling something back later in the game if there's another swap? Well, I mean, it was interesting when obviously Mike got voted out because, you know, he was in a majority position on his tribe. And I think there's a lot of like non-verbals that happen out when you're on the island. Um, mm. It depends on like obviously how much your your uh, crew is willing to like keep you separate at challenges. But I know for um, for me when I was playing, like a, a bargaining chip was always, okay, cool. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen on the other side because I know it so well. And if this happens, then you have to do something for me. And so, you know, like I said, this person's going to go home. When we get there, if that person, that person goes home, next tribal council, um, we can work together because you know that, like, you're in danger. And I think, it, I think when Mike went home, it signaled to the, um, the, the guys probably, I can't remember, is it, is it the Zumba tribe? The one, yes. Like, like, yes. Dean, D, like Dino, yeah. Kian, and um, uh, Teresa are obviously on the bottom. They've identified it many times in... Uh, confessionals about feeling on the bottom and so I think it signals when Mike goes from the other side it signals for them okay cool like it is kind of a fresh game things are mixing up I don't exactly have to s stick with my original tribe here because it's only like they're probably going to spend a lot more time in their switch tribes than they will their actual original tribes so building something really strong here is I think really important um, yeah and yeah who knows uh, Dino's still got not Dino uh, Chappie still has his diplomatic immunity so mm. if he's feeling you know super uneasy about what's just happened he could jump over at the next immunity challenge and um you know try something out over there especially if uh paul's communicated uh, communicated back that anessa still wants to work with him that could provide yeah. some numbers on that side for that that minority it's all fascinating yeah, yeah. i'm loving it and i mean you you sort of brought something up there to me now just by thinking about it if you were to talk in between um tribal lines kind of like what dino tried to do in the first episode very unsuccessfully trying to talk to paul who didn't have much of uh, uh i guess a say in that tribe and where things were going to go by the way i also asked paul about that and if paul was aware that dino was trying to get his attention so that'll also be in the exit interview just to plug in the and tease it so go check it out um because i'm sure a lot of people want to know um but there is a potential there if you sort of give a little bit of information to the other tribe to say hey so and so is going to go next but i'll tell you a little bit of information of who's going to go next but I want you to send me to Immunity Island the next time. Like there's this bargaining that could happen, which mm. I don't think players haven't played to that level yet. And it just sort of opened my mind to other ways that you can try and negotiate. And I mean, especially when you're on the sit-out bench, you know, like uh, people sit mm. on the sit-out bench at times and you're far away from everyone else. We saw in the previous season, Rob Bentelli and Nathan talking to each other on the sit-out bench between challenges to give information. Obviously it was a different level of trust between those two compared to uh, potentially some of the players that are in this season but um there, there's definitely so much and that's why i love survivor there's just so many different ways um to play the game and be creative and be innovative i guess still even in today's you know after 50 plus seasons of seeing the show in different countries you still see new ways of playing it i did want to backtrack to paul again here dylan and riley um we we see paul eating more than his fair share of food and he's scarfing down bananas he's scarfing down soup pumpkin soup you know he's like riley said lazy at times lying in the camp not really contributing that much and definitely didn't look like he was boosting the morale within camp at all um it kind of gave me flashbacks of jason clement and the banana etiquette and heroes <laughs> versus villains i got flashbacks you know and um Carla, in this case, who could have been Amanda, she's not closely aligned with um, Paul and she's not helping him and rather using this as a way to sort of snipe at him from the, the side. 
I mean, food is a very important resource. If you're going to eat everyone else's food, that I think that's like public, like that's the thick public thing. That's the one, the one big no-no I'd say about Survivor. Like, just don't go out there and don't eat everyone's food. Don't eat more than your fair share because everyone is counting. There, there is so yeah. much spare time on that island. You're always noticing like that person had three scoops of rice. I only had two. Why is this person doing this? And I guess, you know, Paul feels super safe in his position um, where he's just kind of like, I can do what I want and I'm going to eat what I want. And um, it definitely rubbed people the wrong way. Um, so yeah, don't eat too much. Learn to not eat too much. If you uh, unless you're like Nella. Uh, unless right. you're Nella, in which case you can get away with a couple of protein bars there. But I mean, for, for, for Paul, Carlos said it perfectly. He's eating his way out of the game right now. And, and I, you're right, Chris. It did remind me a lot of the green bananas, yellow bananas scenario in Heroes vs. Villains with James and, and eating more than his fair share. I, I, I'd imagine for you, Dylan, it would be something that would obviously get on your nerves if you see someone that is being lazy around camp or is eating too much food. Obviously, any little thing in the game, I'd imagine, would be something that obviously adds to your target in the game as well and is a potential cause for someone to be voted out. Yeah, yeah, it's the smallest things. It's like, oh, we've got a pineapple and we've cut up a pineapple and this person's had two slices instead of one. And you're like, <laughs> like, do you want to do that? Everyone's asking, like, can I have this slice of pineapple? I'm like, yeah, you can. We have to vote on it, but you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. And... um. I think that it's just the oldest thing in the book, really. You look at Paul, he's a, a big muscular guy. He's built well. You know, he's not used to not eating a lot of food, going out there, struggling, not preparing himself properly for it. But again, there's other people like Chappies out there that still needs to eat his fair share. And he's a pretty physically dominant big guy as well. So it's not even fair to his main alliance member in the tribe as well. Sort of moving on from that, though, and looking at the reward challenge, this was a really fun reward challenge that we get coming up. I like the whole let's choose challenge champions for the tribe to go and do specific missions and go out there and get a reward and it brings an extra element of potentially um, a, a potential advantage that could be given to people without others knowing about it it puts additional pressure on people like who will put up their hand to be a target to say yes I'm happy to go out there and be the champion for my tribe but if we lose I might be hated for it or if I win and I win in a very dominant way like Marisha maybe I'm continuing to grow on my target here and um, I really enjoyed the strategy strategy between how the two tribes decided to choose people to go out there and actually play in this reward and uh, you see that with Chappies and with Warda it was a very democratic decision people chose who they thought would be the strongest people out there to go and represent them but in the Nuvuna tribe uh, they decided on Dino who describes himself as a fed cook now I don't know if you guys know what a fed cook is being South African originally myself I know what it is it's a it, it translates into a fat cake um, but basically what it is it's it's this doughy thing that you make and you put it in oil and you can put like mince in it or you can put like just a, a bunch of goodness in it. It tastes really well, but it makes you fat. So that's why they call it a fat cake. And he calls himself a fed cook that has to go up against those monsters being uh, chappies who can't control those pecs of his <laughs> throughout the whole episode. Um, and that was a bit of a mismatch, but he actually did pretty well. I think we need to put a little bit of respect on Dino's name here. He actually held his own, even in the one-on-one -on -one, uh, part of the show. Right, like he's not unfit. Like he's not like when he's because he, I, I think I saw it on Twitter. I didn't know what it meant, but he he obviously clarified on Twitter what it was. And I thought, well, like Dino, yeah, Dino's not an unfit person. He's still a bigger guy and stuff. It's a, a competition about strength. Like um, he's not going to beat Anella, but he might beat Chappie. So I thought it was a cool challenge. It was nice to actually just see more from Marisha as well because we haven't seen yeah. anything from her. So to get more from Mar Marisha that wasn't just she's the strong woman. 
um, was really cool. Like, I, I really loved that. I really loved seeing her and seeing the dynamic between her and Dino play out. And it was really nice. Yeah. Uh, and that was the first we've really seen of Marisha, other than that um, mm -hmm. alliance that built early on between her and Amy on the old Zamba tribe. To, to get a little bit of personal life uh, and that connection to see a bit more emotion from Marisha was fantastic. But you, you said it earlier, Chris, it was a dominant performance. I don't think dominant's the right word to describe just how <laughs> just how crazy good Marisha was in that challenge. From the get-go, Wada did not stand a chance. And I think Dino said it best in his confessional there. When, when Nico said go, Marisha had already won the challenge. No one else had registered <laughs> that it was a challenge. And Marisha just absolutely destroyed them. She is such a physical beast. I, I don't think I've ever seen as dominant a female in Survivor South Africa, I don't think. Mm. Well, I, I, would put her, I would put her up there with one of the most dominant, like physically just females that we've seen in mm. any season of Survivor, um, up there with like a Natalie Anderson type of, she's got that same bolt. She might even be, a little bit stronger than Natalie Anderson. I don't know if she necessarily has the same overall, like she definitely doesn't, I have to be careful here. I don't want to like throw shade <laughs> at anyone, but she doesn't have like the overall skill set from what I've seen so far that Natalie Anderson has because she's a winner and she's someone that's done extremely well in the show. And I don't at this point think Marisha is winning the show based on what I've seen from the edit so far. But I agree. It was great mm. to see a different side of her. It was great to see that she was doing it for her daughter. Um, obviously, those kind of things, uh, bringing the emotion into why she was out there to challenge. But I also wanted to put a little bit of respect on Wada's name. Uh, Chappie said it best. No female would have one um, against her mm. going out there. Um, and yeah. another thing I noticed with Warda is that she's really tiny. She's short. And that post that they were having to push was at her head level. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's just a, 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 a kind of a center of mass type of situation where you just don't have the ability to push. If it's up at your head, you're just not going to have the same strength if you actually go in at a chest level on that bar. So she was at a disadvantage in that sense. Plus, even if she did have that advantage and she could grow on the island and actually push it, she would still have really struggled against someone like Marisha, who we've been saying throughout the whole season could probably beat all of the girls and half of the men, to be honest. Like I think, and we even see this here because she goes up against Chappies and um, even Chappies on there, you know, I think there was pretty close between uh, Dino and Chappies in that first round and Chappies just got the, got the momentum on him. But it's a pretty tight competition between those two. And it's enough there with Marisha and Dino together to actually win this challenge. And I think Dino was probably one of the most surprised people out there. And by the way, I love Dino's self-deprecating humor that he keeps bringing in you know like the decision was made on who had the biggest ass on who to go out there and who could potentially <laughs> push um i think that you know riley i've been very hard on dino a few times um on this podcast from this episode yeah like a lot of positives no, I, I, I was like, really impressed by him his social game is really coming through at the moment and just seeing how he's interacting with other people he's clearly yeah, sort of gaining momentum, I would say, within the hierarchy, even of his own alliance. Because every time he goes out there, he's got good news. He brings back um, some great items from the other camp, brings information back to his tribe. And in this case, decides to pick 10 different items from the reward challenge, not taking anything for himself. And also then having the presence of mind to display that to his tribe so that he can gain extra trust with him to say, hey, I didn't backstab you guys. And the ability to have those clues and bring them back to camp um, on Survivor South Africa, I think, is something that is going to maybe make people a little bit less um, less likely to make those sort of um, deceiving plays if they go to Dilemma because they know now that, you know, if Dino's bringing back that clue to camp, um, mm -hmm. there's something tangible they can bring back to show, you know, what happened there. But uh, it did offer Dino and Marisha, obviously, a big chance to bond there. Uh, and Marisha sort of said there that she hasn't really bonded with Dino 
as yet, despite all the time they had together on Zamba Beach. So to have this opportunity to come together and potentially build another alliance, not only for Marisha, but Dino as well, it does improve their stand a little bit in the game um, and gives Marisha someone else to play with other than Nicole. Um, and again, Dino sort of improving his standing within the old Zamba tribe there now that he's starting to ingratiate himself with someone like Marisha and create those social bonds. I was really happy with how Dino played this um, in choosing to take back the clue and obviously take all the items back so that there was no deception at all. And I mean, the, the tribe really seemed very happy with Dino obviously bringing back all those goods as well. Hmm. Yeah, what what if what is your sort of view been on Dino up until this point, Dylan? I saw you guys making some some nice Twitter snipes there at each other, uh, as you do. Um, what have you thought of his gameplay so far? He was an early season favourite uh, prior to the season starting, and I think he's had a pretty rough start so far, but he's starting to gain momentum. Right, yeah. It, it's interesting because I know Dino, so it's um <laughs> like it's always hard to watch a season with someone that you know on it. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I find it very, it's jarring, I think, just to watch it back and be like, oh, because everything that Dino does, I'm very critical of, but I'm just very, I don't want to like say a lot about Dino because I don't want to come off like I'm giving Dino too much attention because obviously it's ex it's expected that I would, you know, support him, which I do. Um, I, his first uh, episode performance was shocking, <laughs> to say the least. But no, yeah, like we say, he's been, he's been building his way up and um, he's still in a very precarious position, I think, but I think he's savvy enough to get himself through it. He knows enough about Survivor and he's got the self-awareness as well to like, I think, get himself through it. He needed that first episode and he needed that immunity just to like chill himself out, I think. But yeah, that's the one thing I think when you play this game, if you're too excited about it, sometimes your excitement can just like kill you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I look at mm. I look at Dino and Renee as kind of like the same archetype on the season, and they just so happen to land on the same tribe, and they're both super fans, you know. And mm. in fact, you've got I think Dino is supported by Luke Toki, it's his man in the season, and <laughs> Renee is supported by Dave Gannat, it's his man in the season. So they both have like a horse in the race, and there's like a fr friendly wager going on online between those two on who would go the furthest. Um, but I feel like Renee has done everything right at this point in regards to he's the super fan, he's someone who knows a lot about the game, but he's very much downplaying his threat as much as he can. And the only person mm. so far that has noticed that he's a threat is Teresa, um, which again, I don't know if Teresa will take a snipe at him directly because they need Renier at this stage in the game because of his you know, physical dominance. Um, he's, he's really underplayed, I think, his mental strength in the game up until this point. He's not put himself out there to do any puzzles or do all of that. Um, and he's just, he seems like a lot calmer, like even in this scenario, like I said, in this episode where he's trying to bring and galvanize everybody and bring them together against this tribe, that's a great move by him and sort of seen as the leader in that old Zumba tribe there. Um, and then secondly, also when they have to go out to do this reward, you know, he's saying, oh, I'm happy to go out if you guys want me to go out, but then still having the presence of mind and obviously Tyson calling it out there as well, that if I do go out and do this reward challenge, I might not be able to help in the immunity challenge. So maybe that's not the smartest. So that tribe for me, the Vuna tribe with included they're thinking at a different level compared to zumba who just seems to be a hot mess at this point <laughs> every every season needs a hot mess express okay you can't we need that and so survivor south africa will always provide a hot mess express so i'm happy that we've got it but yeah you're right renier is playing is such a good game um a really high level gameplay i think uh he could go deep but i reckon he's gonna get sniped so easily someone's Somewhere, gonna someone's up. gonna know yeah 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 He's already, getting, he's already getting called out as, as, as it. Um, and so, 
yeah, I think I think someone like Amy will work with him as long as she can as well, because they've obviously got their little thing that's going on. And who knows, maybe Amy takes him out. <laughs> maybe I'm just dreaming about the woman just taking over the season completely. <laughs> I I definitely 100% like I, like I have been strong on there's going to be a woman that will win this season, but I'm my spidey senses keep tingling around a specific person that just keeps getting confessional time, keep getting key words that they say in regards to like, this is why we're doing that. We see different people talking to this person and that person is Tyson. He's very under the radar, very low key at the moment, but I'm starting to notice more and more that Tyson is getting screen time, even when he's not a part of where the central planning is happening at the moment. And this is just a, a, a symptom of having watched too many survivor seasons up until this point um, that I look out for these little things as uh, the fan that I am. And I, I'm telling you guys, don't sleep on Tyson. I think he's a dangerous player. And I was we were really low on him coming into the season. We didn't think he was going to do as well because he was talking about wanting to come on it for the experience and being a part of the production because he wants to get into production and TV. And I thought he was there for the wrong reasons. But this guy's a gamer. Mm. It's almost like the preseason stuff now is becoming a bit of a, a pregame as well. You're putting stuff out there yeah. for people to read about you. Or you're just putting that energy out there at least. Because um, there's been a lot of stuff in the in the the preseason press that has not come into fruition. Like Santini mm. said that she was going to be a person who worked exclusively with men, I think, um, because she yes. just didn't trust women. And this episode, she you know fronted an all women's thing. So um, it's funny what the island will do to you. A bit of uh, starvation and a bit of desperation will make you do some crazy things. Um, but love to see it. It's yeah, it's exciting that you pick up on Tyson as well. It's like I think back to Michelle from Corong. She never went to tribal council in the pre-merge, but she still was receiving confessionals every episode about what was happening in the game because you still have to present your winner um, in some way. Um, and, uh, you know, and so if people are getting shoehorned into episodes, um, it's, it bodes well for them, I think. He's, he's on well, my, he's my the, You mentioned there the pre-game aspect, and it's something we've seen on your season of Survivor New Zealand, obviously. There were two contestants in particular that knew each other outside of the game. Um, and in this season as well, we've obviously got Kiran and Anesu have, who have a loose connection and also Anesu and Wada. Knowing that there's this sort of outside of the game connections, how big of an impact do you think that is on the actual game? Do you know, I think it's something that like you don't consider when you go out there. Like I definitely didn't consider it. I think if I was to play again now, I would think about it. Uh, a little bit more like, oh, maybe, you know, these two people from the same city know each other. Maybe these people are the same, you know, career path, know each other. Like when um, Wada and Anessa and Nessa were saying, like, I'm not going to talk about being a yoga instructor because mm, people might yeah. put two and two together. Like, I think that's really smart on on Anessa for, for recognizing that before just blurting it out with everyone. Um, yeah, because it's definitely not something I would have ever thought of until it obviously happened. <laughs> but it's, it is fascinating to watch. Yeah, it's fascinating to watch. And I think, after the season anyway, you always end up like talking to your castmates and you go, oh, I know you from here or I know, I know you through this person or like New Zealand's very small. So the fact mm. that there was um, not more connections, I think, is probably surprising um, because we definitely learned after the season that like I know, you know, a friend of Brad's and like Josh and I have a mutual friend. And so, yeah, it's um, not to be underestimated in a very small country. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I interviewed quite a few of the players that played in the previous season for Survivor um, Island of Secrets, and there were a lot of people who knew people as well, like um, mm. Steffi in that season, um, Nathan, 
was ma- was engaged to I think Steffi's husband's nephew or so or cousin cousin um, in that season. So they had like a connection and knew of each other before going into the game. There was a lot of connections that people mm. didn't even know of. So it's interesting in countries like South Africa. Australia, I'd put kind of in that same because I mean it's only twenty million yeah. or thirty million people right around that vicinity. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. not big countries like the US where the chances of that happening is a lot less. And then New Zealand only being five million people or a little bit less than five million people, chances is super likely if one person is from Christchurch and another person is from Christchurch, they're going to know each other because Christchurch is not that big. As someone who's lived there for four <laughs> years, you know a lot of people. And especially, I think yeah. it was even more so for me because I was the token South African, so everybody knew I was back then. There wasn't so many of us over here um as there is now but um you know so so very very easy to make those connections and i do think it plays a big part of the game and i i'm very mm. i'm very high on anesu anesu was my preseason favorite my preseason winner pick i still think she's playing a good game her and tyson mm. being closely aligned like i mean it could be that tyson and her goes all the way who knows like it's early stages here but um at the end of this whole reward part to bring it sort of back to the episode we do see them take that food back. And obviously that's going to be some sustenance for the team. There's a lot of different great rewards like uh, beef jerky. There's uh, burgers, chicken. They've got cookies. They've got all these different things that obviously is going to fuel them when you're going up against the tribe that hasn't had that same sustenance in their body going into this immunity challenge. And we also find out that this immunity challenge is going to be quite a physically demanding Hmm. immunity challenge. And prior to that, even worse, and we haven't even touched on this, and I think we it's worth backtracking to this. They lose Sean, you know, and um, Sean's someone that comes down with something I haven't seen online. I don't know if any of you guys have seen what exactly it was that happened with him, but I believe it wasn't a food allergy. It was something that potentially bit him out there that made him uh, rash out like that in the wild coast. But it looked pretty serious out there, you know, seeing mm. the doctors come in and break the bubble mm. um, that they created. We heard Little Buta talk about the bubble and how little contact there would be with the players in game. So it's pretty serious when you're bringing the doctors in to have that contact with a player like Sean and uh, and it's a massive loss for them because he's a physically strong mm. person and also mentally seems pretty smart right yeah, yeah I don't know huge like, physical yeah. loss as well yeah huge physical loss for Sean obviously not being able to compete in that challenge and Nico kind of says to him at the start of the challenge there you, you can't compete and he says well not not even in the puzzle can't compete at all, Sean, but it's um, unfortunate to lose him, obviously, being a strong member. And we did see that, you know, obviously um, the Zamba tribe struggled there a little bit in terms of getting the blocks back. So to have someone like Sean, who is this big unit, um, if he was fit, it would have been fantastic for Zamba, obviously, to give them that little bit of extra um, grunt, I suppose, in terms of fetching those blocks. But really scary to see players always, you know, uh, having trouble with, you know, food or, or bug bites or whatever it may be. To, to have that, um, obviously, you know, potentially see someone medivaced was al- always scary to see because um, we obviously want all our players to, you know, have the best chance to succeed and actually to be able to play the game fully and not have to, you know, go home prematurely. Mm. Yeah, and, and Chappie sort of narrates a lot of this and he says, for people who think that Survivor is not the real deal, look at Sean's body. Mm. It is pretty brutal out here, you know, and something like this can take you completely out of the game and it's something that you didn't prepare for. I mean, Sean was someone as well who started this game off in such a 
precarious position and he nearly ended up leaving the game in the first episode and he's worked his way back up and he's slowly but surely getting that momentum and he says that as well just to be taken out by something he did not plan for in the game uh it's pretty heartbreaking to see but luckily it does look like he started to recover after they give him the cream there that he needed i think it might have helped a little bit and also um getting some rest and i do think the other thing i wanted to touch on prior to going into this challenge was a really bad one on paul as well when warda and chappies comes yeah. back not bothering getting out of the camp dylan sleeping throughout all that not showing any interest like paul to me just doesn't look like someone throughout this whole season i mean i've spoken to the guy looks like a nice guy outside of the game and obviously yeah. when you're there it's it's hard you've got cameras on you you're not eating but in the game you know he did not look like he was just that interested in creating social bonds with people or playing the social game i don't know what game he was playing because he did say that he was a fan of the show yeah you know look it's it's hard obviously because you you watch it back and like i think now that i watch survivor it's I, I watch it almost through, I watch it through a different lens now because of like, I'm aware of like when I played, I had a different edit to what I was presenting out on the island. And I think, you know, every, every season you're watching people, you're watching 19 people lose. So you're watching exactly why they were, you know, not a good person in the context of the game. So Paul obviously went out as a fan. He, he, he might've been a fan. I don't know his level of fandom, but Definitely what was shown to us was not good. <laughs> like, yeah. not, like not good at all. Eating all the food, not coming out to, you know, help his tribe. And then obviously at the challenge as well, just being completely oblivious to what people were saying and, and not listening to what the input was there. So um, yeah, not a great episode <laughs> for Paul. And obviously a really bad episode for him because he went home. Yeah, so I mean, for me, that's that's just one of the key things. I understand you're probably tired, you're low on food, but you got to at least be try to be mm. a part of the tribe. And obviously, I, I spoke to Paul about this. He goes into this in the exit interview and gives a little bit of his side of the story. And you guys can see how close the edit was to who he actually is and how close it wasn't to that. And he, he talks a little bit about his fandom. So again, plugging that there, go have a look at that tomorrow when that comes out. Um, so we have the immunity challenge coming up and we find out that it's going to be one of the classic survivor immunity challenges where you've got to go and collect these big square wooden blocks um, and you've got to uh, maneuver them back into your end zone and then build a puzzle-like staircase with these blocks to get up and win the immunity challenge. And um, throughout the first part of this challenge uh you know obviously chappies does a little bit of his normal banter and trying to get psychologically in their head by saying that you know them being full they might be slow and lethargic and they're not going to perform but them being like low on food you know they're running on fumes they're high and alert and that's going to give them an advantage and i love i love Ch whatever chappies <laughs> does i love it like just bring it for me because i love the extra showmanship that comes with it i love the the banter and the the basically for a lack of a better word shit talking that's happening because mm. you know we see that a lot in australian survivor and it's one of the aspects that i really love about australian survivor is the banter between tribes before you go and actually do the challenge and i want to see more of this um and to his credit chappies performs really well in this challenge again going out there helping uh Wadda and santoni when they get stuck paul did do really give him credit where credit is due and the challenges he seemed to perform really well he was out there running well i'd say on the physical side of it he was out there running really fast bringing the blocks back helping his team but throughout the latter part of this it all sort of starts falling apart when they have to put these blocks together and we see the females in the tribe specifically the wardas and the kalas trying to 
assist with how it should be put together. But um, I didn't see, it's very interesting because they never really show Chappies in a negative light. Like I've always seen the positive stuff about Chappies. Mm. Like, you know, <clears throat> even when Marisha wins, he goes to her to say, hey, this is for your daughter. You know, him helping Santoni up. Like he's always, we always see him being a nice guy, which I think he is. But with Paul, we see the opposite here where Paul continues to ignore them. He doesn't listen to the to the woman. We didn't see Anella or Chappies not listening, but we saw them approaching Paul a lot in the edit and him not listening to it. So really pointing the target and showing us why he's going to get voted out there. But I'm sure there was a mixture because there wasn't just one guy. Uh, Paul wasn't the only guy that was putting those puzzle pieces together. There were also Anella and um, uh, Chappies. And it just seemed like the communication was off where with the other tribe, things were going smoothly and they were communicating pretty well throughout this with Renid and Dino sort of taking a, a lead and putting the, the puzzle pieces together. Mm. One I thing I want to point on yeah. there is Santoni obviously being someone that has struggled a little bit of challenges. Um, Immunity Island really does give her an advantage in the game because typically you'd think that the uh, weaker perceived member in the tribe would be one of the first to go. But Santoni has obviously been to Immunity Island and she's had that opportunity there to build leverage in the game, which I think has assured her chances of actually staying and building those relationships. It's given her a little bit more time and obviously added another factor in the game whereby despite her being the weakest member she's someone that can always be sent back to immunity island get more advantages and obviously she can also use those advantages she gets to to build those relationships so while santony obviously is someone that hasn't been um the, the strongest in challenges um which would usually be something that bites her in the back it's actually kind of working her favor here knowing that she has this opportunity where the other tribe can send her to the other island at any point keep her in the game which gives them a potential advantage in the next challenge, um, but also, you know, it improves her standing as well. So it's um, interesting to see how the um, weaker challenge members in this season are sort of um, being kept in the game, whereas some of the stronger members like a Paul um, or a Mike are being sent home. Yeah, well, uh, let's talk about who actually does get sent to Immunity Island in this specific instance, you know, and you see Vuna selecting um, for Kala to go to Immunity Island, obviously clearly knowing that Kala and Warda are both on the bottom of the totem pole currently in that tribe. And it was quite interesting that Kala is the one that they save opposed to a Warda who we know has connections with uh, Kiran and Anesu on that side. There wasn't a real big fight put up to try and get Warda saved opposed to Kala here but obviously tomato tomato they had to save one of those two girls mm. um, and Carla is very happy about the fact that she's now sent to Immunity Island so they didn't choose to save Santoni in this case which is contradicting kind of a little bit what you just said but I think that the level of gameplay has sort of moved on now where it is more mm. about how do we help the minority on the other side so that we weaken the majority and that the minority potentially would want to work with us if there's another swap or if there's a merge down the line and if they make it to that point um, so Carla goes off to Immunity Island and she does something here Riley um, that me and you didn't expect um, what we would see very early on in the season and that is that she actually ends up not playing the game on Immunity Island and keeping her vote. Uh, Dylan did you ever see anybody making this choice it's a very um, I guess selfless choice in the sense that mm. she was trying to go back there and help Warda and it shows that potentially Carla is someone if you could get her on your side I mean you could ride, she could be a ride or die for you she'll, she'll run the game with you all the way because she's willing to put her life for of mm. her game in your hands basically well that's the thing like a, like a decision like that really can make or break carla and like the trust that she builds with people 
because um, if someone was to do that for me, if someone was to come back and say, no, I've given up my chance at safety just to come back and help you vote, because like she said, at Tribal Council, two votes are better than one. Um, you know, like it, it's still, if it was only two votes, it would have it would have really sucked for them. But um, uh, it, it shows it shows a lot of trust in that game. Anything you do to tr- to show trust out in Survivor is huge, and that's like the biggest way to show to show trust that you're willing to give up um, immunity in effect. You know, like the only the only other thing I think you could do that would be bigger than that would be to physically give up your individual immunity necklace in the individual portion of the game. Um, so I think mad props on Carla. I think. I, I do think Carla um, has received a lot of praise online for this week and the move and everything, but I think there was, I, I'm personally of the belief that there's someone else who did a lot more work this week than, than Carla, but I definitely Let's do. leave that to the end. Let's leave yeah, that to the end, because we'll discuss that. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it at the it's end, not- but I definitely think Carla, props to her, because that was a big move early yeah. on in the game, and like she said, she'll either go out in flames or it'll be something really, really awesome for her. And yeah, she's had a really complex edit. It's fascinating uh-huh. to watch. A hundred percent, because I was, you mm. know what, a couple of episodes, like, I, I fought for Carla to be the player of the week. I think it was in episode two when they got off, got pointy out, and I thought that yeah. Carla really directed the vote. I was outvoted in that specific instance by uh, Tony from season six and by Riley, who chose Kiran as the player of the week, that specific week, which was completely off the, the beaten track, because I don't even think the fandom was looking at Kiran, but, you know, I respect <laughs> that. He was playing he was playing in the shadows, and um, th- that's what makes this interesting. That's why I like having three people in the mm. podcast because we'll again put it up to a vote. And I think, Riley, this time, we'll start with you. So I'm not always the first person to shout out who I think did the best. And then I might be able to break break the tie this time. We'll turn the we'll turn the, the, the table of power around. And this time, I'll have the power. But um, <laughs> I, I absolutely love sort of speculating and looking into it. And I'm the same as you. I don't think Kyla played the best game, just as a hint, this episode. But I do think she played a pretty good game and did as many things right. Um, she, yeah. she really rolled the dice in regards to not playing here. But also, Riley... How much of a, a warning indicator is this to the rest of her tribe now? Um, because yes, it's great that you know Warda is quite emotional when she comes back, and it's beautiful to see that someone would put their life on the line for another player in the game. But now people know that Warda and Kala are probably the tightest pair within that tribe, right? Yeah, well, well they were in the minority on the other episode, so you kind of got to you know re- respect where Wider is coming from in, in sort of having that jubilation in the fact that Carla is coming back to camp. And oh, I do give massive props to Carla for this move. It is the most selfless move she can make, and to have that extra number in camp, obviously, and build that trust um, and help drive that boat toward getting Paul out, I think, is um, huge in that sense. Um, but you're right; it does put a little bit of a target on. Um, the, the backs of Kyla and Water. And, and I also think the interesting thing with Kyla, her idea was that Santini and Amy are the only ones that have been to Immunity Island. So they must be the only ones that know um, what the actual stipulations that get up and go actually are. But what we learn is that Chappies knows that from, from seeing the paper from Santini, that if you give up and go, you lose your right to the immunity necklace and you then have to bequeath that to someone else. See, it's absolutely useless to you. So I think it was an interesting play from Carla there in thinking, okay, well, the, the girls must be the only one to know. I can use this leverage. But then again, it's come mm. back to bite her. Um, ultimately, though, to build those bonds and really drive the boat um, with Wada, bring in Amy. Um, and obviously, Santini here is the one that really plays a big role in shifting the boat and, and determining where it goes um, as someone that's playing in the middle. I think it's um, yeah great to see that um, the girls are really starting to build an alliance here and drive the boat. And I mean, Paul here, I 
I don't think he did many things right this episode, just in how he played it socially at all. Yeah, I, I was going to touch on the whole Santoni thing because this is where the meet, or the rubber really meets the road, right? So Santoni goes to the girls earlier in the episode and says that, you know, that Chappies and both Paul thinks that she's in with them, but she's willing to roll the dice again here and go against them and specifically go against Paul because she thinks that Chappies does have a good heart, which is what we see throughout the season. And like I kind of pointed out, he's you know, there to help people out. He seems pretty calm, like even if things doesn't go his way. When he got betrayed in the pinty boat, he wasn't the one losing his head. It was Paul who was losing his head. So I feel like Paul kind of dragged Chappies down a little bit when it came to social capital because they were a pair. So maybe losing Paul in the game, like, I'm trying to think about this. I think it's a bad thing for, for Chappies at this point because Chappies is kind of on an island of his own, but it could also be a good thing for him not to be associated so closely with Paul moving forward in the game. I just feel like when he gets to merge, he's going to want some allies to keep him safe. And at the moment, I'm sort of struggling to see who those people are that will go out there and be a shield for him uh, when he goes into the merge portion of the game. But sort of, I'm digressing. Going back to the actual point of Santoni, great move here with Santoni, um, bringing the girls together, saying like, listen, let's try a different vote here and go against the... Um, the Paul faction in the game here. Um, and she also, towards the end of the episode, says that she doesn't like pairs and she's trying to chop down pairs as far as she mm. goes so that people are not together. Mm. So her next vote, she's saying, would probably be to go for Wada or Carla. And then the one after that would be aiming at Amy and Anella. And it's quite interesting because I kind of said the week before that Santoni is starting to remind me of like a Sandra Diaz twine type of game. Uh, it's anybody but her. She'll, she's happy to go where she needs to go. She doesn't need to have a specific ally in the game long term, but she reminds me of uh, Sandra Diaz twine in Game Changers. One that is playing super aggressive as long as it's not her trying to build things and, and moving forward. But potentially um, Santoni might run out of runway here because it didn't work that well for Sandra in the first instance as well. And she could be putting a target on her back here by trying to drive a lot of these votes. But you've got to give credit to her, Dylan, because a lot of the times when we see guys play this game, we give them a lot of credit. But when it's a female playing the game, as Tony mentioned a couple of uh, episodes ago, mm -hmm. um, we're sort of short to give people that same type of credit, right? So give her, you know, we've got to stand this queen. She's playing a great game at this point. I mean, 100%. Like, you know, like someone I'd liken that kind of gameplay strategy to is Tony Vlacos. He did it so well in Kagayan. And I think we're so quick to see a female play a game like this and go, oh, what other female is she like? And I'm like, well, no, it's comparable to, you know, many men who have played. And like, obviously, the men get a lot more credit. And we, we saw a bit of a misogyny talk tonight in, in the episode. And there's been like heavy undertones, I think, of that all season, which I think leads me, you know, in, in the inclination that it's going to be a female winner just to kind of show that um being something that uh, is, is not is not prevalent but I, I i think she did super well i think um it's going to be interesting to see where she navigates further on from this I, th I i honestly think people don't think too much about jury management in the um uh the the pre-merge and i think it is a, it's a huge it's, it's a huge thing in the pre-merge to like consider who are your closest allies <clears throat> and which of them can i betray now to propel myself i think people think I'm going to keep this person around because I want them as a trusted ally in the Drew portion of the game, but you still have to vote them out. So maybe voting out people who you are a little bit closer to, or maybe it's, it's better in the pre-merge because you don't have to um, rely on them to vote for you, or they won't have a sour taste in their mouth when they're sitting at Ponderosa thinking about who they're going to give their vote to at the end. Um, so I think she's doing a really good job of shifting and weaving. And I think her next step now is to shore some things up for the merge 
um, so that she's not she's not completely on the outs as well because she could that's be in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. Yeah. That, that that's my exact fear for her. With her mm. not staying true to a specific group, um, yeah. if she doesn't make those connections or show some trustworthiness to certain people, because she's now betrayed Chappies. Um, yeah. You know, how is he? He's probably going to be calm, but he's now going to know she's done that, and that's where mm. it's going to be interesting. And I'll give a little bit of credit. We won't harp on this part of it for too long, but. Well done to Anella for exploiting an opportunity here to still vote with Chappies so that the target is not on him. And to get the permission from Santoni and his own alliance to do that, I think is a great move from Anella. We didn't see much of him this episode. He, he's playing a lot more of a, a low-key game at the moment. But mm. I also want to make the case for another person here because I've got a feeling that when we get to the end, and, and we might as well start talking about that because Tribal Council was pretty much a repeat of everything that's happened. And we'll touch on the misogyny um, sort of claims that were made a little bit there as well like you've just mentioned but um i think that for me personally at this point the player of the week lies between and, and i know riley might have a smile i don't know if you guys are thinking the same way he might smile it's not because she's a beautiful girl but it's between Santoni and amy i think it's between them and i continue to really put a lot of credit on amy because amy is playing a very low-key um under the radar game like yes she got found out a little bit but there was no real repercussions for the fact that she mm. ended up staying and that they got raided and yes and tony was a little bit annoyed by that but if you look at who's got the stronger position in the game right now Santoni is saying that she's the person who is currently um she's like the minion of both groups so she clearly isn't trusted enough to be in the alliance she's seen like this little sister that's hanging around chappies and paul or this little sister mm. that's hanging around um the other two wada and uh, carla and she also mentions that wada and carla got lucky because the other three old zumba members decided to vote with them so it tells me that santoni is not really driving that vote it's the other three that is really driving that vote and who's the person who's the real brains behind the operation in that faction for me it's amy she's the one that is in with the girls seeing all of this happen and she's not stopping it or preventing it she's thinking oh this is a great thing because if santoni now again turns against Chappies and Paul, she loses trust in the Chappies and Paul function or faction, so Chappies doesn't trust her that much, and Carla and, um, and she gets a little bit from Carla and Wada, but she's already betrayed Carla and Wada as well, so she's kind of like and they're continuing to muddy the water around that old Vuna tribe. So I feel like, yeah. to me personally, if I had to vote here, and I said I was going to say I wasn't going to be the first <laughs> person to mention it, and here I go, I'll mention it. I think Amy played the best game this this episode. Again, I feel like um, she played a really, really good game, Dylan. Uh, what, what is your observations in regards to that, and what do you think of Dylan? Do you think I'm sort of completely off track here, or do you think there's some validity in how I'm seeing it play out at the moment? I mean, we definitely saw her step up last episode. I like I had no idea who Amy was before last episode. And mm. for her to jump in and obviously confront Chappies and then and then pull something together after gathering information was really, really good. I think it's a real crucial thing in Survivor is like being a bit more patient. I think that's why um, Survivor fans go out there and they just bomb because they just want to get everything out um, right away. I've done the same thing. I went out there and I was like, I want to play 39 days in five days. Um, and so being able to have, you know, the knowledge you get and then to process it, think about it and do what you think is best after the fact is, is really good. So I think Amy is doing a good job of sitting, uh, sitting back. It speaks to her social capital that she, uh, wasn't immediately thrown under the bus for losing at the raid. Cause that like, that could have been a game ending thing for Amy. Um, she was caught in a lie and, uh, no one blinked an eye. They were like, okay, yeah, sure. You, you lost us food. You lost our machete. That's fine. You know, we're, we're cool. Um, so yeah, definitely speaks to her. Um, I think she's going to have a hard, like, it, this is obviously a long way away. We're in episode four, but, um, yeah. 
she's she's sitting uh, she's sitting back, and I, I I just worry that she uh, she needs to obviously at some point come forward. Um, you've seen it. You see it in plenty of games. The person who plays the flashy game is always going to get a lot more credit, and it's going to be an uphill battle for the person at the end who is sitting there going, "Yeah, I, I did this, and I did that, and I did this, and I did that," and then people are going, "But did I see it? I didn't. I didn't." I didn't see what you're doing. Mm. Um, mm. So I, I, I put respect on her for playing the way that she did. But um, yeah, you do need a certain level of visib visibility in your game um, outside of your alliance. And now I know she's playing. Um, uh, but does anyone else know that Amy is doing all of that kind of stuff? I think at least within the tribe, I, I think that she probably has more of a perception of being someone who is a follower. I find Santony very, very compelling as a person. And oh, love, love Santony. Yeah. Santony is great, great casting. I mean, mm. Santony and Chappies to me is the dream alliance. I want them to work together because yeah. I just love them both as, as characters. So I want them to pull together. And it does look like these indications like that may happen in the future. I also wanted to put out here because this is a great comment by Richard in the chat. He says that Anella looked like he was doing pre jury management in his tribal council vote because who cares about uh, where wow. I guess Paul's going at the end of the day. But I I don't think that um, Anella was aiming that that move wasn't for Paul. That move was for Chappies, and he tried to keep. He wanted to keep Chappies on the side, happy with him. So I kind of get where Anella came from. Uh, on my first watch, I was really confused, and the second watch, I was like, "Ah, oh, actually, he's got a point there because he's mm. still got to work with Chappies in this next round specifically." Um, so we do go into the tribal council here. And uh, there is a lot of talk back and forth in regards to what went wrong in the challenge. Sean thinks that he could have made a difference. Chappie says, no, mate, you're, you're <laughs> overestimating yourself. It was just we, we basically approached the challenge wrong and we were focusing too much on the brawn, not so much on the brains part of this challenge. And then this is where the conversation sort of turns to the misogyny um, and talking a little bit about potentially um, what are they saying that the guys weren't listening to them and Paul takes a real offense to this, which is no surprise. Um, up until this point um, and it sort of comes to a conclusion but I mean again Chappies for me continues to be shown like he's a complex character because there's a lot of reasons for why he shouldn't be making it far in the game but he admits that 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 probably there was some case of that happening on the challenge so we're seeing that he's he's constantly acknowledging this he's not diminishing the feelings of the women in the tribe he's constantly shown as someone that is a big character but still cares for those around him I know I'm putting a lot of Chappie's love out there, but I do like him as a character. Like for me, I'm really hoping we see him until the merge because selfishly, you know, if he's not winning this season, which I do think it's going to be tough for him because he's such a big target, I want him to be eligible for an all-star season because I think he's great TV. Hmm. I wasn't high on Chappie's preseason. I really wasn't. I think it was yeah. it was the pick bounce like in his like intro shot that I was just like, <laughs> who is this guy? Like, get I was out. in the like, same boat. Yeah, I just I didn't love it, and then he started playing, and I was like, man, I really like this guy. That sucks. Like, <laughs> it sucks that the person preseason. I was like, go home. He's he's so compelling, um, and it is yeah. I think it is interesting that he is aligned with Paul, um, and yet he's getting such a positive edit. Um, I don't know what the edit is trying to, uh, whether or not the edit is trying to, you know, um, uh, hide anything about Chappies is uh, who knows. You never know, but um, he's getting a really good edit. The way that he yeah. yeah, the way that he approached Anthony when they were in the challenge was really cool. It's just those well, little things that he does is, is I think, it a, a cool. He's not just a typical, you know, meathead. 
No, no, not, not at all. And, and it's funny because, mm. you know, having had the conversation with Mike, um, who got voted out, obviously, in the exit interview, Mike said that Chappies was seen as this golden boy. Like, he was perceived as, like, the captain South Africa type of people person in the camp. Like, for mm. us, he seems a lot more sporadic. But a lot of his sporadic behavior is not in front of his tribe mates. It's in front of the camera. He really turns it up for the camera. So he was seen as, like, almost like a leader figure for a lot of it. Mm. So it's interesting. And, and he did say that Chappies just is a genuinely really nice guy. Um, so I think we do see a lot of that in it. And it is quite interesting how him and Paul sort of gelled together. But I guess it was sort of that they were both left out of the previous vote. They landed at the bottom. Chappies had some, yeah. he had to have someone. Um, and I'm, I am worried for Chappies. Like I said, I mean, for me, there's, there's, there's a lot of warning signs for him moving forward. Like, where does he go? Who's this person that's going to try and defend him when he gets to the merge? If he doesn't land in a good, strong group that's willing to work with him yeah. and needs his vote moving forward, um, I think that it's going to be extremely hard for him to win this game based on how the the table is laid out at the moment um, in the game. I guess the last part here is a little bit of talk between Carla and Warda and Carla saying that, you know, she came back because she wanted to show that there's true trust between them and she didn't understand how um, the, the, the tribe immediately sort of trusted two people who turned on the previous tribe so quickly and they started building a new alliance and Chappies hits back again with a very smart comment and saying well we built that with the blocks you you gave us because obviously you betrayed us first so we yeah. had to go and try and like I don't blame Chappies like it's just interesting because Carla and Chappies and Wada and Chappies and Paul they are never in a million years going to work together their personalities just do not mash um, it, it, it just does not work in this scenario and it's just funny how of all the people that could have landed together um after the tribe swap, these guys landed together, and it's, it's great for TV, it's compelling, but it's not mm. great for the players who are out there <laughs> playing the game um, at the end. But Paul does ultimately get voted out here. Um, I think we talked a lot about what Paul's shortcomings were in the game and where he potentially went wrong and just not integrating himself really well or um, sort of realizing that two people don't control the whole game. You need the majority vote to continue like votes matter in the game um, and mm. that just didn't work out for him but i do want to check and have a look at how our draft picks are going riley um so dylan you can get a sneak peek here of what our draft <laughs> picks look pre-season uh going into this so we'll have that up in a second all right, so here we are. So this were this was our draft pick. So you said you were really low on Chappies. I had Chappies at number one in the beginning. I love the character, so I went straight in for it. I was like, I'm all in. Let's see where, what, what, where this takes us. Um, and Dino was the number one pick for um, for Riley. But I did say my preseason winner pick was Inesu. Um, we mm -hmm. only picked the girls in the second spot. So she's the one I felt pretty high on. And she's doing good. As you can see, no surprise, Amy's pretty high here as well. <laughs> um, I felt pretty, pretty confident that she's playing a good game. Um, Riley, you're going to lose another person here. So you're going two down at the moment on the <laughs> draft picks. It, sounds, it looks yep. like you might be owing me some beers by the time we get to the merge. Uh, well, depending on how the lockdowns go, uh, I certainly... It looks like a possibility at the moment, unfortunately. There aren't too many strong players in my tribe, it seems, other than really Karan and um, Marisha uh, and Tyson as well, I suppose. Uh, a lot of the players in my in my tribe look to be a little bit in the minority at the moment. So, look, hopefully they can stage come back before the merge and I can um, you, you can shout the beers, I think. I, I'm really hopeful, but <laughs> at the moment it's not looking mighty. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's it's still early days. Anything can happen. But I will say I feel a lot more comfortable. Riley was really high on his team going into the season. Um, he made me doubt. Maybe I was reading things a little bit wrong coming into this. But I'm feeling very comfortable at the moment. I still think Inesu. Um, I do think Tyson is an undercover potential winner. And it would be quite funny, you know, like we said when we did the preseason uh, picks, Tyson was picked quite low. Uh, I think he was your last guy's pick um, in your tribe, actually. So it would be funny if he actually – that shows how we don't know anything about this season because you know we picked him pretty low but he's doing extremely well um and, and playing a good game i do feel good about anesu i do feel good about amy but i understand where you're coming from dylan she will have to show um what her game is about closer to the end but i do think that a lot of people forget about what happened pre-merge i think there's still runway for her to mm. make a compelling case after the merge mm. and really um sort of rise from the ashes to to sort of um claim that spot and um it's interesting because let's not forget she's got the undercover mafia alliance with her need who is in a pretty good spot in the other side so there's potential connections that could pull her a little bit further I've been pretty high on Anella throughout the season. This episode mm -hmm. was a quiet one for him. Um, he did, again, do a very smart thing there with the Chappies vote. But And again, he got that one confessional. So it's interesting that we're seeing him. I do think he's going to go pretty deep. And I've got our, our favorite um, Kwaito Cook sister, like she's known over on, I think it's Instagram or something like that. I've got her on there um, as well. And I won't, I sadly won't be able to tell you guys what that translates into off, on air, but I'll tell you guys off air what that <laughs> translates into because I don't know if there's kids watching this as well. Um, we've also got Jenny um, in the chat saying that Santoni is the queen. Um, so guys, let's get into it. Let's get into the meat and potatoes and we'll start off with you, Riley. Who do you think... Well, actually, let's get our guest, give him the opportunity to go first this time. Dylan, Me who do first. you think? Oh. Let's put you on the spot here. Who do you think played the best game so far uh, for you in this episode? And I guess looking at this episode specifically and sort of how they're placing themselves moving forward in the game as well. Look, I think I think based on the episode, um, I think the person who has utilized all the information they've got and uh, all the social capital I think they have uh, up until this point um, the best, I think, is, is Santini. I think she's put herself in a really strong position. I think she's the kind of person that traditionally would be taken out very, very early, and Immunity Island gave her a bit of a um, a boost, and she's taken that and used it to the best of her advantage. I think, you know, you look at her and you compare her to someone like Teresa, who on her starting tribe was very easily the first person out, and she was also given a similar a similar thing where it was like, here you go, here's your second chance, do something with it. Um, and I, I think when you compare those two with each other, um, Santini's definitely done an awesome job with what she's been given. Because you can only play within the, you know, the means that you have. And uh, sometimes you're restricted by certain things. And in Santini's case, she's restricted physically with how she can compete against each other. So she has to step up in other areas. Um, and so she's really playing the game the best way that she can. And she's looking at peers and she's taking people out. She um, has a hit list. Whether or not it comes into fruition, I don't know if that's going to happen for her. But I think in this particular episode, I think she did really, really well in identifying what was around her and how to navigate the next step. If the next step pays off, she's going to be a, a, you know, in a really good position. If not, um, I think up until this point, she's done really, really well. So that's why okay, I'm saying so yeah, fair enough. And listen, I, I, I get where you're coming from, from with putting Santini out there. I think Santini played a really good game. And even for me coming into this show today and even into the podcast, I was like, who am I going to go for? I wasn't too sure who I was going to go for, but I've had some time to think about it. I'm going to go next because I know Riley most likely is going to agree with you. So I feel like I need to put the pressure on and make a case here for Amy. Um, I do think that Amy played the best game 
not necessarily based on what we saw in the edit alone, but because of a lot of the things that I picked off picked up in between the conversations, like for instance, Santoni admitting that she's not really in with either of those two groups, which she tells us, and she's the she's the um, little sister that is annoying both people. So that tells me a little bit more about maybe how Santoni is coming across to both of them, because why are two very different factions uh, perceiving her in the same way or putting her in the same spot? Can she find her tribe that will allow for her to become part of a bigger alliance that's going to carry her further in the game? And how I feel like she may be playing like I. I think what she's doing is great. I don't want to diminish, like I said, if it was a guy, if it was Tony Vlacos, I would have been like, king, king, you know? And I want to give her all the credit. It's not because she's a female that I'm saying this, because I'm going to go for another female who I think just plays a better under-the-radar game at the moment, mm. who currently controls the other two Zumba members. Um, so that makes it three in that group. And with Santoni admitting that her vote really wasn't the one that swinged the vote in this episode. It was really the fact that those three did want to vote for Paul and ended up voting with Warda and Carla that made Paul go home. So I feel like those three, one of those three deserved to get the vote for the best player because they're the ones that really noticed that there is some uh, fractions within the tribe, in the old Vuna tribe, that they can exploit so that their three numbers can become stronger and stronger in that tribe and continue to eat those Vuna members. And I feel like Amy is the brains behind the operation. So I don't know how many people will agree with me because last episode um, – I think that we had Amy as well as our best player for the last episode. But if you look at Inside Survivor, they actually ended up going for um, for Santoni by quite a bit, 32%. So Amy only had 16% of the vote there. So they fully agreed with that. And I think that the, that the public will probably again vote for her as the best player here. But Riley, over to you. I did my best lawyer Amy case that I can for this. Who do you think played the best <laughs> game this episode? I was actually going to go for the third option in Carla because I, I thought Carla <laughs> played a, a great game on Immunity Island um, in, in the fact that she was so selfless in deciding to give up and go, go back to the island. Um, obviously, a big misplay on her part in terms of not recognising that Chappies was aware um, of the, I suppose, um, disadvantage of the give up and go option. But ultimately, her giving her vote away, I, I thought was a was a strong rallying cry. I suppose I'm going to have to be the balance of power here, though. Um, so we'll have to choose no, no, between go for it. Amy go, and Anthony, uh, though. I, yeah, I, no, I like tie. it. I like, it. I like the three-way tie. And, and you know yeah. why I like the three-way tie? It's, it's again, proving that what we've seen so far, the girls are playing a very strong game. And we've got three different females that we all have been impressed by this specific episode who are playing a really good game. So I'm happy with that. I'm happy with a tie. Uh, it's not ideal. We'd like to have one specific player win it out. But, you know, I think all three of them deserve some credit because Carla was another person I considered. She, she had a really good bounce back from the previous episode. The one thing I'm fearful with Carla about, though, is that I just don't think she, she can't hide her feelings on her face face and she's so opinionated <laughs> like i feel like she is gonna struggle down the line like uh, if they swing the other way again here between carla and warda they could very easily use the same kind of thing like who's easier to work with who's like will warda listen to us a little bit better than carla is carla more strategically a threat for us if she's in the minority like it could very easily go either one of those two in the next episode and i do think that um we're gonna see some tony continue to swing in between those alliances so yeah great episode Great cast. Very impressed by how the females are playing this season. Um, I do hope we see Vuna go to a tribal council next because I want to see what their dynamics look like. They're just getting stronger and stronger because they don't have to betray each other at this point.
Mm. I do want to give a shout out to Dino Marisha in this episode. I mean, they, they really were the only members from the Vuna tribe that we did see, but Marisha especially to see a lot of her um, personal life come into the game, see a little bit more content around her so we can get to know her a little bit more was fantastic to see. And also to see Dino sort of building that bond with, um, with Marisha. Um, it's another bond for him. And I mean, he, he was my first pick in the draft. So I'm always going to be a bit of a Dino stand there. But um, to, to see him sort of uh, creating a stronger footing in the game from what we saw earlier um, with those misplays toward Paul and going for the idol and all that, um, to see him coming up in the game a little bit more is great for CBA. Yeah, uh, we, we said it last week, Chris, that Vuna were going to go to Tribal Council based off the preview. Um, it didn't happen. But next episode, it looks like Teresa is going to be a little bit more active and, and try to shift the vote a little bit. We'll see if it happens. But, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how it plays out on the Vuna tribe. And we've got to consider as well that, obviously, Tyson has the idol as well. So lots of factors over there. And alliances shifting as well to see where people fall on that tribe is going to be really interesting. And Dino and Kehan, I just want to mention there, there was a secret scene in um, the last episode, episode three. I, I'm interested to see those two as a pair. Where do they shake out? Because it looks like it's going to be a contest between Nicola, Marisha and um, Dino and Kihan in terms of who relates to the former um, the former Vuna members and who gets them on side. Interesting. Yeah, something to look out for, definitely. Um, now, guys, it's been fun talking to you about this episode of Survivors of Africa Immunity Island. Dylan, it's been great having you on board as well. Uh, give us a little bit of a shout out in regards to what are you doing currently? Uh, what can people follow you on? I've got your Twitter, your Instagram and your Twitch channel, believe it or not, in the description <laughs> of this episode. So if anybody's oh watching gosh. it, go and follow all of that. Um, is there anything else that you're also getting up to at the moment? And what are you playing on Twitch? What type of uh, content can we expect from you? on there oh well okay so i started um a twitch channel because i i just thought you know like we've been in lockdown for so long and why not give it a go i love video games and um let's watch <laughs> like I, I watch people playing video games and it's fun so um yeah. i thought that was cool um i do a lot of nintendo well i'm going to be doing a lot of nintendo i should say i haven't started doing it yet i'm still trying to fine tune everything technology is not my friend um <laughs> but i'm trying to figure out how to make it work um but outside of that i um also run an org now um, I got involved with them during lockdown and I, I looked at someone running orgs and I said, well, I could probably do that. So let's see if we can do it. Um, and I do that every, it's, it's kind of infrequent at the moment because life is all over the show. Um, but yeah, uh, it's called Equilibrium. It can be found on my, uh, on my Twitter channel, my Twitter account, I should say. Um, and yeah, if people want to apply and play, it's open. <laughs> It's kind of like playing Survivor, um, except you don't have to starve, which is very nice. Play it from the comfort of your own home. That's so much easier to sit here in my chair and comment on how people are playing <laughs> than actually being out there and doing it myself. So you can do that and also get a little bit of the thrill. So go check that out on Dylan's Twitter. Uh, what's a Twitter uh, page as well and, and get the links on there. Uh, Riley, uh, I believe you told me just prior to this uh, episode that, you know, it's been a while since you've put anything on snuff, but what do you have on the snuff YouTube channel coming up? Yeah, we're continuing our journey of um, discussing the winners of us survivor. I'll be posting Earl Cole's journey to the soul title of soul survivor in the next week or so. So that's something to look up out for. Um, yeah, really starting to create new content now. Um, and especially in the lead up to Australian Survivor as well, I'll be doing a lot of content on Australian mm. Survivor over there. Um, so something for all the international Survivor fans to go check out as well. 
Yeah, 100%. So really looking forward to that. And keep an eye out for that because as soon as we know more about the cast, we will be doing our preseason draft picks and cast assessments if the Australian Survivor gives us enough of an opportunity to actually dive into it before it goes live. Because I know Australian Survivor does things a little bit differently and sometimes drop the cast on us a day or two before they actually go live with the whole season. So um, it's going to be a, a mad scramble in that 24, 48 hours before they actually go live. <laughs> Get all that content out to you guys, but we will do our best to do that. Um, outside of that, keep a lookout on reality pop for uh, more survivor content from uh, hot takes i'm not too sure who drew's defending this time but drew has already defended michelle's win he's defended uh sophie's win i do know that myself and riley are going to be in one of the episodes to defend a very controversial winner as well who we don't think is controversial we think they're a pretty good winner so that's a great series that we've got going at the moment on reality pop and also the survivor buffs adam and gideon will be back on next thursday in the u.s as well to talk about survivor u.s um be sure to subscribe hit a like button on there and as always see you next week thanks guys all right